You're listening to the awesome Podcast Network. This is 80s Revisited. I'm your producer, Jesse Sedgley. And now your hosts, Daniel Sanangelo and Trey Harris. So, Princess Vespa, at last I have you in my clutches to have my way with you the way I want to. No, no, please leave me alone. No, you are mine. Not so fast, Helmet. Lone Star. Yes, it's me. I'm here to save my girlfriend. Hi, honey. Now you are going to die. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, what'd you do to my friend? The same thing I'm going to do to you, big boy. Oh, oh, and you too. Oh, oh. Now, Princess Vespa, at last we are alone. Oh, no, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Leave me alone. Yet, I find you strangely attractive. Of course you do. Druish princesses are often attracted to money and power, and I have both, and you know it. Oh, leave me alone. No, kiss me. No, no, yes, no, no, yes, no, yes. Oh, 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 your helmet is so big. Lord Helmet, what? You need it on the bridge, sir. Knock on my door, knock next time. Yes, sir. Did you see anything? No, sir. I didn't see you playing with your dolls again. Good. And you should never, ever be ashamed of being busted by your friend, your subordinate, your wife, your mother, anybody, when you're playing with your dolls, because it's a natural part of growing up as a child, especially one of the 80s, no matter how old you are. I still have He-Man that sometimes when I'm home on my lunch break and I look up at Castle Grayskull, I'm like, look around, I'm like, hey, yes, get a tour. <laughs> you've risen again to power. Now me and... Whatever figures are around with don't play dolls of yourself. Sting and I wish I had a, my own action figure. Who wouldn't want that? Sting, yeah. Hulk Hogan. Yeah. That's, that was <laughs> my action man figure. A, <laughs> Macho Man's going to come with you, He Man. We're going to stop the Shredder. Ultimate Warrior. Ninja Turtles for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had, I had one of them. I had all of them. <laughs> Just random one. <laughs> I don't think I'd never got until Generic too late. Turtle. The Terradrome. <laughs> I never get that to like. I got, I got a garage. I never had it when it came out. I got it at a garage sale much later, wow. and I was like, it was, I was when I got it. I was like, finally, it's fine. Finally, it's I got it. But anyway, this it's is eighties to visit everybody, and of course, we're talking about the spoof of Star Wars, Spaceballs, the Mel Brooks film, released June twenty fourth, nineteen eighty seven. But before we do that, you might not remember who we are. So before I get too far into <laughs> talking about it, let me remind you that I am in fact Trey Harris. I'm Danielson Angelo, and our own Dark Helmet. Jesse Sedgley. Yes, I am. Mr. Producer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was trying to segue into like <laughs> Mr. Coffee, but then like after I said it, I was like, oh, I can't go anywhere with that. <laughs> trying to tie it back to Dark Producer. Also. That'll work. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see you playing with your knobs again, sir. Uh, yeah. well, I, I didn't see you adjusting levels. <laughs> but yeah, June 24th, 1987, IMDb gives Spaceballs a 7.0. Rotten Tomatoes a 7.8 audience-wise. Uh... Big disparity as the critics give it 54%. Shame on them, I say. Uh, budget was an estimated $48 million. Pretty big, but of course, it is a sci fi science fiction film, so you can see where a lot of that budget went, I'd say. Uh, opened at 6.6, and its domestic gross was 38.1. Couldn't find any worldwide info, so uh, let's assume that it made at least 10 worldwide and maybe barely made its money back. Uh, couldn't find anything to the contrary, but it wasn't a big hit. Uh, 
most Mel Brooks movies aren't a big hit when they come out. They're more of those uh, cult classics. Exactly, mm-hmm. uh, Monty Python esque. You know, Naked Gun. One well, Naked Gun was really big. That's a bad example. Uh, Kevin Smith films. Yeah, you know, they find their audience. <laughs> yeah, Austin Powers. It's you know it's mm-hmm. successful yeah. because the first one, everybody rented it and became a cult classic on uh, home video. Similar thing with Mel Brooks, but of course directed and written by Mel Brooks. Of course, he did Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, uh, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. Uh, very prolific and well-known comedic director and writer. Uh, it was also written by, in addition to Mel Brooks, Tom Meehan and Ronnie Graham. Don't want to discredit anybody. He worked on this fine comedic masterpiece. And, of course, starring, as usual, in a Mel Brooks film. Mel Brooks himself as President Screw, which you may remember him from every other Mel Brooks movie, uh, as a various character in it. Uh, Rick Moranis, who we learned on this very podcast a few episodes ago, has retired from acting and produces music, mm-hmm. strangely enough. But, of course, he was the most villainous and excellent Dark Helmet. Of course, he's an alumni of the podcast, having been in Ghostbusters. But I, I tend to remember him as either uh, Dark Helmet or, of course, the scientific genius Wayne Selinsky, mm-hmm. who accidentally shrunk his kids. And then he blew up his baby, which I remember when I heard the name of that movie, it was not what I expected it to be. You thought he was going to up the kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm uh. covered in blood, honey. <laughs> I blew up the kid. <laughs> It was, you know, she could have been rated R. He goes to jail and he has to, like, you know, come up with some sort of re- matter rearranger. to escape. <laughs> he becomes a super villain. <laughs> he becomes Dark Helmet. <laughs> I would see that movie. Yep. <laughs> Heartbeat. Uh, and, of course, the late and phenomenally great John Candy as Barf. Uh, so, such a good actor, especially uh, some of his iconic roles, like in Uncle Buck. And, of course, the coach in Cool Runnings when he had a very good dramatic turn. Uh, and also, um, what's that other good movie? Uh, Home, that little cameo in Home Alone. Just that's always okay. like one of the best parts of the movie where he talks about where he's talking to uh, about the the people about his band. kids and yeah, yeah and how they're no she's a good parent. John Candy. Like, I, I remember when the news broke that he died. I was watching. I was waiting for Mystery Science Theater to come on Comedy Central, and right before it came on, they had a little picture of John Candy. It says, you know, rest in you know rest in peace. We'll miss you and all your characters. Blah blah. blah. And I was like, wait a second. Whoa. Hold the is phone. Is this real? Of course, this is before all internet and all this shit so it was like I'm just like it's Comedy Central is this a joke and of course the next day on the news you know John Carney has passed away very sad to lose him uh, and of course the uh, the not late and not so great Bill Pullman as Lone Star of course he was the president of the United States in Independence Day uh, and Casper and he was in The Grudge never I'm not a Pullman fan I must say although he's, he's a good parody of Harrison Ford mm-hmm. <laughs> put it to you that way it's just, gosh, is that Independence Day? He's so. <laughs> What's wrong with him then? Yeah. He's so bad. <laughs> it's just bad. Mr. President, I like to know what the hell you think you're doing. I'm a pilot, Bill. I belong in the belong air. Belong in the air. <laughs> I mean, that's not, that's not necessarily his fault, but it's yeah, just. Yeah, that's the movie. Well, well, it's bad. Let me go off a little bit one time. Go for it. We were. Um, a cousin of mine, Matthew, has a. We call him Matt. Has a girlfriend named Kara. And we had a little birthday dinner. And our. Our great uh, Jesse Sigley decided to do the speech. That's right. On Independence movie. Day, that the president <laughs> says that Bill Pullman says, and it was. I don't know where you were going. Pretty fantastic. <laughs> Just wanted to put that out there. Well, we were reading. Everybody was reading their fortune cookies or something, wasn't it? Right, or out something. loud. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then ending with "in bed" or whatever, yeah. you know, being silly. But then Jesse stands up. Good morning. <laughs> everybody that's else. That's there's about the twenty thing. or so people here, yeah. and just does the entire speech, and Not everybody. Narvel, but cheered it was amazing it was a great cheer 
I was happy to do it. Because I knew that whole, and that would have ended really bad. <laughs> like if everybody just read their fortune, be like, all right, let's get back to talking, I guess. Well, that's, that's our loyal, dark producer, always yeah. thinking outside the box. Yeah. It was an epic moment. <laughs> Greatly remembered in the annals of our friend's history. That's right. So, good job. The lovely and even more beautiful today, Daphne Zeninga, if that's how you pronounce her name, as Princess Vespa. Uh, she was also on the fly, too. Uh, and as you see by her internet IMDb picture, she is still smoking hot. They kind of <sighs> whited out her face, so get Maybe. rid of any wrinkles you might have. <laughs> Maybe. I would not kick her out of bed if I wasn't happily married. Uh, what else was she in? Oh, she was uh, in uh, I remember Nowhere's Place. Nowhere's Place. Yeah. yeah I, I never I watched, watched that, that show. I watched that a lot with my parents. Uh, she was also in that. I was like, her, I guess that was the most uh, notable thing she mm-hmm. did aside from Spaceballs. And probably more notable, to be honest, because Nowhere's Place was a, you know, big hit on television yeah. and playing her father Dick Van Patten as King Roland who I've never cared for Dick Van Patten but he was also in Westworld and Robin Hood Men in Tights a Brooks alumni what don't you like about Dick Van Patten I don't know just like I in just this never movie had an and he's just like him, really. oh I'm like trying to be funny and I don't know oh. just you know, yeah, didn't strike me as seems anything. like really G-rated stuff yeah like hi guys yeah he's like that that, uh, that magician like it's kid friendly in Vegas and he does all like the silly, I don't know, Matt King. He always does like oh, kid friendly tricks, you know, and then you got the amazing Jonathan does all the hilarious X rated stuff. Jonathan, and, yeah. you know, it's, it's really funny. And then Matt King's like, oh, look, I got a balloon animal. Oh, I made a bad joke. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but that, he's the Matt King of, of actors, I guess. I don't know. Uh, George Weiner, Colonel Sanders, also in The Devil's Advocate and uh, American Pie 2. And as the voice of Dot Matrix, Joan Rivers, who. Sort of looks like Doc Matrix now, <laughs> bronzed out and fake and plastic. Uh, she was also in Muppet State Manhattan, but I mean everybody knows Joan Rivers. Uh, she's transcended film to be herself. And Michael Winslow as the radar technician, of course, on the Police Academy series. He does the bleeps, the <laughs> bleeps, the beeps, and the creeps. Yeah, something like that. One I learned that. something about him yesterday. Uh, his first cousin, sports fans might know as Kellen Winslow. Hmm. Daniel, explain. Nah, did you know that? Yeah. I didn't no. know who it was his first cousin. But oh, yeah. Kevin Winslow was a famous tight end. Uh, still is. No, still no. plays. That's his dad. Oh, that's his dad. Yeah, Kevin Winslow Jr. still plays. Kevin Winslow was better. Oh, yeah, yeah, the junior. Yeah. Yeah. Who do you play for? He was better. I don't Kellen remember. Kevin Winslow has day. Maybe, maybe the Browns, maybe? I have to look that up. Yeah. Who did Kevin Winslow Sr. play? Interesting. Kevin Winslow, sorry. Kevin Winslow. Bring out that, that's uh, what you said, right? No, Kellen. Kellen. Okay, yeah. That's for some reason I thought you changed it. No. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is he related to Carl? Carl. He looks like Vin Diesel in that picture. The junior one. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. It was uh, wow. Over my life, <laughs> yeah, quarter that's... mile at a time. Yeah. Chargers. No Chargers. Interesting. Oh, entire career with the Chargers, which you don't see that's very rare. often anymore. Six feet five, two feet. Everybody goes where the big money cap. is. Yep. Free agency, not really salary cap, but free agency. Oh, interesting. It's funny when you see who's like related to who or <laughs> one of those situations. And in a cameo right at the end, William Hurt as himself. Of course, he was the one who got the alien chestburster ripped out of him in Alien and again in Spaceballs. Of course, <laughs> the, the the joke, not again. And he was also in V for Vendetta as, uh, I forget his damn name, Chancellor, whatever, the main bad guy. Great actor. Always a pleasure to see William Hurt. Now, Daniel, of course, you've seen this movie like one time before. Just once. About. Yep. 
and this was way before you ever saw Star Wars. It was in eighth grade. So this yeah. is the, and you saw it in class, which we'll talk about later. Yes. Um, we, I, we've talked about it on the podcast before, but we'll, re, we'll revisit it. An 80s revisited revisit. Uh, but um, this is the first time you've seen this movie since seeing Star Wars. So, mm. of course, I'm sure a lot of things stood out more. Yes. And everything. But post seeing Star Wars, what did you think of the Mel Brooks classic Spaceballs? It was okay. I mean, I, I was I didn't fall in love with it. It might be one of those second, third, fourth times. It might become a little bit better. Uh, I love John Candy. I used to basically not really like him. Mm-hmm. Like when Cool Runnings first came out, I was like, oh, John Candy. Let's see some bobsledding. You know, like things like that. <laughs> I love John Candy as, I, as I've gotten older. Mm-hmm. Um, he's my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> um Rick Moranis is pretty funny in it too, uh, as Dark Helmet. For a while there, I didn't know what when people would say Dark Helmet, they were talking about. What they were talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I laughed immediately at the beginning uh, with a uh, ship flying by. Like I, five minutes. <laughs> yeah, I kept, I kept like, is it resemble? It's supposed to resemble something. Just you know, Star Wars starts off with a ship going over and okay, because it's just obscenely Some of the thing it kind of looked like a shark and it kind of sounds like the Jaws theme song. I didn't know if that was something they were. Well, the only thing it resembles is, of course, when you look at it after seeing it once and you pay attention as the ships go by, you see the parts of Mega Maid. What's, what, what was Mega Maid again? That's what the ship turned okay, into. Okay, okay, I got it's you. a transformer. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I would agree with you on Daphne Zeniga. I think she's extremely hot. Bill Pullman, lovely singing Bill voice. Pullman doesn't bother me as much as you. <laughs> it's just his, long, his he, delivery he was of very, line that he was his very cheesy. Scar me for life. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, He's very Bruce Boxleitner. Like, you belong on TV. It's, Except in Tron. It's a movie that where like if it came on TV, I would probably tune in mm-hmm. a little bit. I, I'm not in love with it, but I didn't think it was that bad. There you go. <laughs> Thanks. I'm out, boss. <laughs> what, catch you later. <laughs> Big gulps, huh? But yeah, uh, this is one of those, of course, because we all know, and everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I have an invisible tattoo of how much I love Star Wars all over my body, uh, and thus this pretty much being a direct parody of uh, many of the aspects of not of Star Wars, but also some other sci-fi. I it goes without saying that I absolutely adore this movie. Uh, in fact, this is the first movie I remember seeing in a theater to where my mom was like, <gasps> when uh, he pops the f bomb. Where does he do that again? Uh, like, you have this is your last chance to hit the self-destruct or override switch. And they go, like, where is it? Right here. And he pulls it up and it's out of order. He's like, fuck! Even in the future, nothing works. Yeah, I must have been like doing I mean, it's something. Quick. I mean, it's not yeah. like it's not like the South Park where they say shit on television where yeah. it's like, everybody's shit. watching. <laughs> hey, get a little shit in your face. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I was doing something with Allie. Or something. I mean, again, it's not yeah. like, and in fact, you know, of course, at that age, at seven, it's I didn't It's not like know. the Bruce Almighty F-bomb in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Back to you, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, this was, uh, I tried to find out, if it, uh, this might be the first PG movie that did it. I couldn't find anything that said otherwise. I, had a, I found a list of some, which I'll go real quick. Like this was, uh, along with, ni- this was 1987, along with 88's Caddyshack 2, Big, and Beetlejuice. It's notable for can- containing the F word in a PG rated film. Oh, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Actually, I, I didn't see this little cavat on the information I pulled. Uh, during the PG-13 era. Mm-hmm. So once PG-13 existed, you know, fuck was kind of like, oh, you said fuck in this movie? Well, now you're fucking PG-13. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 
for anybody out there screaming like, no, they said it in this, blah, blah, blah. We're clarifying. In the PG-13 era, this was the first film to use the word fuck in a PG-rated movie. And of course, it's a kid's, you know, it's pretty much a kid's movie for the most, I mean, there's adult, there's very, very adult humor in it, but again, it's PG parroting a movie every child in the 80s has seen and adult seen, so, and, uh, but the, the thing about it is, kind of like The Naked Gun, it operates on two levels. Like, you can watch it when you're young and you laugh your butt off. You can laugh, watch it when you're older and, wow, this movie is so dirty. <laughs> I can't believe I was able to watch this and you laugh at new things, uh, which uh, very few movies do that, it seems. I don't know if it's just because we're older and we watch it now, we're watching it, like, that is such a dirty joke. Yeah. Or, you know, that's that's not appropriate for a children's movie. Yeah, or just... Of course, we, hmm. we're, I guess we're just old. <laughs> that's about it. <laughs> you know? But, um... Yeah, this is... Uh, most people I find... We'll, we can talk about that for briefly. Uh, Mel Brooks-wise, usually it's Blazing Saddles or Young Frankenstein. Or, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Uh, Blazing Saddles or Robin Hood Men in Tights tend to be people's favorites. More often than none, when, whenever it comes up. But Space Ballers is by is, far my is, favorite. Is a Men in Tights movie. It's a good one. Mm-hmm. They're all, I mean, Mel Brooks had that string mm-hmm. uh, in the 80s of just... Uh, been in Tights in the 90s, but he just had that really good string of uh, really good direct parody type movies of course with uh, Blazing Saddles was a parody of western uh, silent movie uh, Spaceballs a parody of science fiction Young Frankenstein horror Blazing Saddles I already mentioned western uh, so yeah and Dracula of course and, and horror with uh, again you know Young Frankenstein was so great Dracula did loving it starring Liam uh, Liam Neeson <laughs> Leslie uh. Nielsen <laughs> I'm Dracula and you're going to die be like that uh, little skit we watched. Oh, oh God, yeah. <laughs> Liam Neeson. I have AIDS. Doing improv. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. Uh, for those who are we listen to it between, or do we listen to it on the podcast? I don't remember. Well, if you're wondering what we're laughing at, go check it out on YouTube. It was a clip from Warwick Davis' series. I want to say we did it on the air. Well, if we didn't. I don't think we did. Oh, you didn't? We didn't. Mm-hmm. We're definitely here. It was funny. We watched it. <laughs> but it is absolutely, just, uh, I guess, yeah, YouTube, Warwick, Warwick Davis, Davis on, Liam Neeson. Um, the show where it follows, and it's a Ricky Gervais show. Yeah. What was it called? Uh, it's some about a height. You know, I mean, it's Small. a it's a double entendre, but uh, go YouTube that because it is absolutely flipping hilarious. Life's too short. Life's too short. Yeah, which I still haven't gone back and downloaded those episodes to check it all out. But if that clip is That's any the best indication, moment. That's the best moment. <laughs> it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. I heard there's like an episode where him and Val Kilmer hang out talking about trying to pitch Willow too. Oh, which no, I have, I never to, saw I have that. to see that one. <laughs> But uh, yeah, wow. check that out. But yeah, uh, oh, where can you check that out at? Well, you can get the. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried. So yeah, well, <laughs> uh, you can check it out at am- uh, awesomepods.com. dot com. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's on, that's on and good. click <laughs> on the Amazon link and find Life's Too Short. Check out that episode with Liam Neeson. I want to say it's the first episode, actually, the pilot. Wow, they started strong. But yeah, on Amazon, Amazon Instant Video, video. as long as you order it going through AmazonAwesomePods.com, we get a little money. Costs you nothing extra. You just get to buy your stuff as normal. And it supports the show, which we appreciate. 10 seconds. Yep. (laughs) If that long. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, That was extremely... It's just one of those things you remember, like skits you remember. Like, you know, it's so good. I really like Warwick Davis, so... Andrea has that, so I'm probably going to go watch that later. You can watch it on your phone. It's Warwick on your phone. Oh. I can just make sure you, when you that. order it, do it <laughs> from through awesomepods.com awesome or else 
We get nothing. Good day, sir. I mean, if you're going to do it, you might as well. <laughs> Willy Wonka reference. I, yeah. I, I get that reference. Uh, but you can also not get <laughs> And if you like Willy Wonka, <laughs> yeah. why don't you check it out? You can go to audible.com, get the audiobook of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Roll Doll. <laughs> and then when you want to see the movie, you go to, oh, fuck it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's enough. Back to Spaceballs. Yeah. But sure. yeah, uh, <laughs> what are we talking about? Oh, uh, Dracula Loving It. Uh, Leslie Nielsen. And uh, Mrs. John Ritter at the time, Amy Yazbeck, when she was. She is very pretty. Yeah, she yeah. Especially she in Dead and Loving It. I don't know what I she was like now. I mean, of course, or, she's going to be a little older. Like, I, for a while, there, but, she was. Oh, yeah, I mean, look at that. I mean, I don't know how old, you know, you never know how recent her IMDb photo is. There's but. 2013. Right, yep. Yeah, I mean, she's a little older, but, I mean, she's still oh, pretty. Yeah. I, mean, in pro- I mean, in Problem Child, she was the biggest bitch, but it was just like, I'll be damned if I wouldn't want her, like, to bitch, Problem Child. bitch at me. Yeah. Problem Child 2? No, 1 and 2. She's the wife. No, she's not. Not on Problem Child 2. Oh, oh yeah, that's because she that's left. That's Lawanda. She, no, in, in, no, you're right. In, in 1, she is. In 2, because at the end of 1... Uh, she left with the no. He left with the bow tie. No, the bow tie killer, uh, Stanley. Stanley. Uh, I was going to say Stanley Spadowski. Probably <laughs> uh, too. Kramer. She's good for sure. I know that. Kramer. Uh, she's the mom of the bad girl on Problem Child too. She's Flo in the first one. Yeah. Why is she two people? That's see. I didn't. That's what I see. That's so weird. Yeah. Because she was different. I've never. That's where the I've never came. watched the first Problem Child. Oh, I it's so it. much better than the second one. I've watched the second one. What, what year? Oh, Ten 90, times. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Tune in in five years for 90s Revisited. We'll cover Problem 4. Child. 4.9 on IMDb. Look at the second one. See what the second one I started goes. watching Problem Child once. I was like, God, this kid's annoying. I, I, I didn't like it. He's annoying, kid. but it's yeah. still funny. Like, I don't know. Like, especially, Go see what uh, Problem Child 2 is on ratings. Michael Richards. What about Michael Richards? He's the bow tie killer oh. in the first one. <laughs> and he's like, you know, he's... 4.0 on... Problem Child 2. Yeah, it's just like, oh, these kids are annoying. I want to kill them. <laughs> Especially 2 was terrible. Like, oh, so bad. <laughs> and, and then, I'll t- I mean, again, 1 is funny because of what John Ritter and Amy Asbeck and, like, you want to say Stanley Spadowski have to deal with. <laughs> uh, and the, the kid's annoying. And to top it off, you know, he gets adopted. The guy doing the adoption is Gilbert Gottfried. Yeah, so it's just I like, remember ah. that. Shows up at the little nun's place. But I love that movie. Especially, like, uh, you know, being 10 years old and watching it, like, oh, it's so funny. But I, I can definitely see revisiting it now. It's like, this kid needs to shut up. Because he had that loud, terrible voice. And actually, our friend Cliff Newman said that that kid, when he, he used to work at a GameStop in Los Angeles, I mean, yeah, Los Angeles, and uh, he said that kid actually worked next door to him and come to their store as an adult, and he was, like, big and fat now because he doesn't act anymore because obviously he wasn't face. good. <laughs> and, like, that's where he'd get his games, supposedly. So the problem child. <laughs> Look at uh, him now. Yeah, he would hit the convention circuit, the Comic Con circuit, and be like, "Hey, oh, remember yeah. me? Remember me, guys? I annoyed the piss out of you." Thirty bucks for an autograph. Yeah. Okay, okay, thirty cents. Just please, I need money. Yeah. Anyway, but uh, yeah, Spaceballs is so much, uh, so funny, and it's one of those. Uh, again, it's it's a Brooksian comedy, so you know it's it's got some tons of double entendres. Uh, not quite as slapstick as like say a Naked Gun. Uh, there's like some, uh, you know, some physical comedy, but it's it's a lot of uh, puns. <clears throat> Excuse me, sorry, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff. <laughs> so thank you, Daniel. At least my visor didn't plop down when I burped, and you know I get trapped <laughs> in my helmet with the smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, on with the trivia. President Scrooge's name is actually an anagram of Brooks. It's almost Brooks backwards, roughly. Mm. Uh, just consonants. Uh, yeah, it is. Switched around. And this was pretty interesting. Uh, 
Industrial ILM, which is, of course is George Lucas's company, they did the puppet of the chestburster for the film at the end. You know, the one that sings the Hello, the Warner Brothers <laughs> WB the Network frog, theme yeah. song, roughly. I mean, the, that's what most people will know it as today. That's the uh, hardest part of that movie for me to get through. Really? Yeah, I don't know why. It just feels like so out of the what's been going on the whole time. Mm-hmm. That's some Luckily, diner. it's right at the end. So it is right. At and the you end. can see the little pipe holding the when it's going down the bar. Yeah, <laughs> you can see like the special effect, which to me adds to the the funniness of it. But uh, the main effects unit for Spaceballs was Apogee Inc., uh, which was actually a split-off with John Dykstra from ILM in 1978 when Lucasfilm actually moved uh, to where Skywalker Ranch is and everything. And this, and thus, Spaceballs marked the first time since Star Wars Episode Four: New Hope that the two companies worked on the same film. So, just like different... I mean, that's not... Like, special effects, people are like, Damn! That's some heavy shit! Whoops, I I'm about <laughs> jerking my headphones off. Oh, that's heavy shit. Jerking my headphones <laughs> off. me. <laughs> Dirty. Uh, anyway, but uh, the scene in which uh, Dark Helmet is playing with his dolls, which opened this episode, that was completely improvised <laughs> and quite hilarious. And they just left the camera rolling and let it God roll. bless you, Rick Moranis, because that that's one of my favorite scenes. Uh, it's interesting, too, that... Uh, you know, we everybody likes the Wizard of Oz. You hear about how they operated the cowardly lion with a fishing line to his tail and you could see things it. like that. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the barf costume was operated by three people. John Candy controlled the uh, tail, the tail with a control on his paw. Wow. Thank you, Daniel, for reading my <laughs> notes from so far away. You have very good eyesight. <laughs> no, I read them. <laughs> I know. Ahead of time. Uh, <laughs> well, two assistants each uh, controlled it in a different ear. Uh, okay. Of course, the ears all animated and everything, uh, and it was the the electronics were powered by a 30 pound battery he carried on his back which you really you know i was looking for and like really tell like i don't know if it was like they had him like maybe the total weight was 30 pounds and it was like spread out maybe to make it flatter but you know kind of when i read that i was thinking like a fucking car battery or something (laughs) you know on his back but it's, it's very it's done very well uh of all the jokes in the film mel brooks says that the two that he's most proud of Daniel, I can't get you to guess now since you probably already read it. But uh, one was uh, the merchandising about, you know, space balls to toilet paper, space mm. balls to flamethrower. Uh, and um, what was the other one? Let me, uh, son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, and the uh, the whole gag about renting space balls before it's finished. Right. We're, how can we, how, where are we at? We're now, now, now. When is this? Now. But when is then? Then. That gag. That's, that's his two most, his two f- most favored gags in the film <laughs> which to me those they're, they're I think they're hilarious but like there's so much other stuff to me that's just <laughs> so much more fun <laughs> like the whole ludicrous speed thing that gets me every time like where he especially where he <laughs> like the of him like floating when they hit the brake and he's like <laughs> yeah just straight it's, just, it's so weird looking it's like he's like he's flying <laughs> Well, you know, like and stuff like that, where it plays on the uh, the science fiction aspect of it, which you know, renting it when it happens, like it's the latest in modern technology. You know that does too. You know, and the literalness of stuff, like not if we jam it, and of course we shoot a big thing of raspberry jam at right. the radar dish. <laughs> raspberry, you know, simple but extremely hilarious, especially because of you know Mel Brooks is directing, but then the. <laughs> That's the tail end of it where he f- floats, flies into it. We can't stop. We have to slow down first. Emergency stop, never use. And here it goes. 
so funny to me. It is. God. It's probably just like a doll yeah. just flying, <laughs> just like, flying on a line. God. Yeah. I, there's, and it's, one of those movies, it's like the Naked Gun. Like, there's so many quotable things. I mean, you could have an entire conversation with Spaceballs quotes. Practically. <laughs> or like you can have like, you know, like things like, gosh, just, there's so much like. I'm surrounded by assholes. That whole gag, like, he's my cousin, sir. He's like, I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. <laughs> and then, of course, he puts the visor down. Keep firing, assholes. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. And then we're, uh, and I can talk, uh, I'm going to keep saying all my favorite parts because it's pretty much every right. part of the movie. And, of course, I think the one scing that everybody remembers from this movie is calming the desert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that's, they're like, we ain't found shit. Like, I still hear yeah. people say that, you know. And, and the little pause after yeah, where you just see him. Yeah, he stares at him. <laughs> he stares at the camera for, like, another yeah. five seconds afterwards. <laughs> He's, He's like, waiting for that cut, but it just never came. And, I, and like, you know, like, uh, Star Wars Episode One, one of the one of the few great parts of that movie is where that door opens and Darth Maul standing there menacingly. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the greatest parts in Spaceballs is when that door opens initially and uh, Dark Helmet's just standing there. Rick Moranis, off maybe five foot four of him. But I mentioned last week that uh, <laughs> there was a connection between, from, uh, you mentioned R.L. Stein. We were talking about books and everything. There was a connection that R.L. Stein had to Spaceballs. As a matter of fact, R.L. Stein, the author of Goose, Goose, Goosebumps, which my brother had every fucking Goosebump book there was, uh, wrote this novelization for Spaceballs the book. So there's your connection. Mm. R.L. Stein wrote the novelization. Which, honestly, Spaceballs the book is the only piece of Spaceballs merchandise ever to be released because of an agreement that uh, Mel Brooks made with George Lucas when he got permission to make the film. Uh, he asked George Lucas, like, hey, I'm parroting Star Wars, and George was like, yeah, you can do anything you want, blah, 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 you have my full support, but you cannot make any merchandise figures, you know, anything that you actually see in the film, like they spoof with yogurt and all that. You, that was part of their agreement that you couldn't make any of that. Thus... That's why there were actually no, never, ever true... I mean, people have modded figures and stuff to make Spaceballs figures and other things. But uh, that's why you, there was never any Spaceballs merchandise. Well, that faded out way too quickly for that clip. Watching the comb in the desert. Yeah. And the, the YouTuber cut it off long before the, the Spaceballs gaze ended. <laughs> but uh, So Spaceballs, the book, aptly named, is technically the only piece of merchandise for the film. Hmm. Despite you, all the things. Exactly, they talk about. Which, honestly, I always wondered that until watching it this time and researching it for this. I was like, that makes perfect sense. That's why I didn't have my Spaceballs space balls lunchbox. <laughs> which, if you look closely, the lunchbox, when they show it in the film, is just a Transformers lunchbox with a Spaceballs logo sticker on it. Hmm. And then the, uh, I think the, it was a comic book. It was a, If you look closely, it's Optimus Prime fighting Megatron. Another Transformers. Oh. They just put Spaceballs over it. Over the name, so pretty interesting. And then uh, this was this was hilarious. It's almost like a something I could see being in the movie as a joke. Uh, when they were originally coming up with concepts for Barf, they wanted to do a full face mask resembling a wrinkled bulldog. You know, some more more of a mog than just a kind of you know John Candy with a furry eye patch and tail and stuff. But then Mel Brooks pretty much was like, uh, if we're gonna hide his face, then I might as well not hire John Candy at an exuberant price and get somebody for half of it. Good decision all the way around so you can see John Candy's face and let him act that character, and he killed it. No disrespect to the deceased. Uh, and this is, this is again, we're talking about, I mentioned earlier kind of the, how the movie operates on a, a couple different levels. Like, you know, there's some adult jokes and there's some kid jokes that when I watched it as a kid reading this, 
there's even some Jewish references that not being Jewish, I didn't understand. I didn't have any concept of. But uh, Princess Vespa's name is a joke in and of itself because Vespa is the Italian word for a wasp. Well, what is a wasp? Uh, you know, the derogatory term for a wasp, you know, W-A-S-P, white Anglo-Saxon person, but, you know, it, it's... Oh, I thought it was Protestant. A white... Uh, that could, yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. I mean, it works. I always mm-hmm. heard, I've heard it either way. But the first time I ever heard it, somebody said person, so I guess that's why I tend to mm-hmm. say that. But you're, you are exactly... they want presidents to always be wasps. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. Uh, so Until Kennedy. Yep, first Roman Catholic person only. No, I think he was I the only he's one. the only one. Yeah, Roman Catholic. Mm-hmm. That's why we had to take him out. Oh, do you mean I don't know what I'm talking about? Uh, but then uh, this is this is a really funny Jewish joke, and and you know you learn something on Eighties Revisited, everybody. But uh, you already read the trivia, and Jesse's left to grab something, so I can't ask him. But the origin of the word putz, which is used in this movie, Ooh, I don't know that one. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, allow me to retort. <laughs> uh, after the after roll, they're, when they're threatening to give her back her old nose, and the lights go out, and lights come on, and the Plastic surgeon's making out with the hot assistant. And uh, they're leaving. He says, uh, you can find me on the golf course and you'll get my bill, blah, blah, blah. And Dark Hamlet then tells him to go to the golf course and work on his putts. But it's a pun because he's, you know, the golf reference is P-U-T-T-S. But, of course, you know, ah, oh, yeah, putts, P-U-T-Z, which is a Hebrew-Yiddish slang for penis. So if your parents or anybody said, oh, you're such a putz, they probably didn't know that that word. They're actually you're, they're actually calling you a dick. <laughs> so use that in your. That's your word for the day. Go call somebody a putz, and unless they're Jewish or know this or listen to this podcast, they will not. They'll be like, ah ha! You call me a putz. Nobody uses that word anymore. Blah blah blah. But you got away with calling him a dick. Do it to a cop. See what happens. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Don't do it. Do it to just. <laughs> I'm gonna use it until somebody says, hey, don't call me that. Why? What does it mean? See if they know it. And I'll ask them, do you listen to 80s Revisited? And hopefully they say yes, and I'll go, cool. <laughs> Nevertheless, again, this released June 24th, 1987, on the same day. You know, they say history repeats itself. This is interesting in this current, you know, political climate that we're in with Syria and everything. I'm sorry, not on the same day, excuse me, June 24th, and on June 28th, four days after Spaceballs premiered, Iraqi warplanes dropped mustard gas bombs on the Iranian town of Sardashit in two separate bombing rounds on four residential areas. This was the first time a civilian town was ever targeted with chemical weapons. And, of course, that was so damn insane's doing. And we all see all what happened to him. Uh, of course, that happened many years later. And, of course, we're dealing with a very similar situation in Syria. Uh, but it's all like who did what, blah, blah, blah. And new information's coming out every day, contradicting what came out the day before, blah, blah, blah. It's a very sticky situation. So by the time of you listening to this, because we're recording it a week in advance, hopefully we're not in full-blown war or something. But we'll see what happens in this fragile political climate. And that brings us to... Are you ready? It'll be sports. Okay. Well, Jesse's not here, but I'll get all... Sports Rewind. Um, we kind of haven't really got into this one. That's what it's kind of a good thing. I wish Jesse was here because we could... It's one of those I kind of want to ask y'all a little bit of thing about it, but speak slowly. He'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> a little faster than that. Um, a famous birthday. One of the, one of the better things I found. A famous birthday uh, on June twenty fourth was when Spaceballs came out. Lionel Messi. Do you know who that is? Did he invent Lionel trains? I don't know. No, Lionel Messi's pr- either I would say top one, or top two. 
famous soccer players in the world oh. right now. Like oh, at this currently, moment. wow, yeah. interesting. He um, he plays for the Barcelona, and he is, whenever they do the World Cup, he plays for Argentina. Oh, really? Yep. Interesting. Uh, they did really. The World Cup is, I believe, next year. Uh, congrats to the U.S. About a week or so ago, uh, they actually made it to where they qualify for the World Cup again. Oh, awesome. So, what I was going to get to is, I didn't know like how big do y'all get into soccer because I'm one of those who don't really watch it much until the World Cup, but actually really get into it once it starts. Yeah, I mean, well, the um, World Cup is like truly even women's. Like, I really get into women's too during the World Cup. I don't dislike soccer, but it, I mean, of course, now with the advent of more channels on cable and yeah. Uverse, which I have, you know, I, there's more of it out there. I always enjoy watching it personally. I don't know the rules and all that, but it's it's very it's a very exciting game. It's reminiscent of basketball because you know, the, uh, basketball is a more fast faster pace. There's you know, there's a uh, you know, I mean, there's, of course, there's timeouts and out of bounds, but you get, mm. it, it keeps up the action yeah. until they pop a commercial on. But I always like watching soccer because of the excitement of it, and uh, yeah. a court and like I was kind of what I was, what I was getting at. I enjoy soccer because America gets excited for the Super Bowl, insanely excited. But the World Cup the world. is the world's, mm-hmm. the Super Bowl of the world. No, no matter how big football is, soccer is will always be bigger. Uh, Speaking, and it's very very exciting and fun to watch. And like I like rooting for other, you know, I just I'll kind of pick a country that I watch and I'll see one of the players who looks. Funny or like, oh, I hope this guy, you know, <laughs> he looks entertaining or, you know, oh, he did a really good move. I like this guy. Uh, so it's it's always fun to watch. And, of course, we always, I was rooting for the United States at first, but uh, I mean, we're not known for our soccer players. Yeah. Soccer reminds me of a, a more interesting hockey. In That's a good, yeah, I can see the, that. The way that, unless the icing is called or a bad, I mean, a bad penalty or whatnot, it kind of keeps going. The flow of the game keeps going, stuff I don't care for hockey in the slightest i could sit there and watch a soccer game and pretty much get into it um mm-hmm. the world cup is actually going to be in rio de janeiro argentina oh. along with the next olympics oh wow good thing about the olympics being in rio is there's no stupid tape delay where if you want to watch it live you got to get up like when yeah. it was in london or in mm-hmm. uh china you had to get up at a weird time or you know, you didn't have... <laughs> yeah, wait till the next day to watch the 75th fucking lap of swimming or some bullshit. Yeah. So that's going to be a good thing. Is I, I would I would assume that Rio is close to our time zone. Yeah, I mean, it's... So we'll be able to see things live and not have to worry about spoilers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So There you go. And that was... <coughs> Sports Rewind. I did it just like Jesse that time. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go back and listen to that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, anyway... Uh, let's see. Yes, uh, we'll do Back to the Future first before we get to the scores. Uh, I really had World War Z for this one, but I want to save the other movie I did because World War Z was a little more prevalent for last week's time frame when that episode released. Uh, the other one, uh, another recent movie I saw was uh, This Is the End. I mean, I'm, I'm, no, I'm sorry, uh, The World's End. There's two competing yeah. comedic worlds. Did you see the This Is the movie. End? Not yet. I have it on my flash drive. I haven't watched okay. it yet. Uh, but I watched The World's End. Of course, that's the. Simon Pegg, uh, I, forget, I always forget the fat dude's name. His little that Nick, buddy. Nick something. Ah, can I remember his last name? Look him up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's the end of their uh, what is it? Their corn something trilogy. It's that Cornetto trilogy because uh, in Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and in this one, there's always a in one scene there's a different color Cornetto's package, and this one it's green, and they all symbolize different things. It's really funny. Uh, 
but this Nick is probably Frost? the Frost. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's it. it. That's it. This is the funniest movie I've seen this year, oh, by nice. far. It is. I was rolling laughing. Uh, really? I again, but I haven't seen this at the end yet, and I really want to see that one. Well, I mean, there's. It's not a take one, leave the other type oh, yeah. of situation. Uh, they could both be funny. Of course, but I just I haven't heard funnier? anything positive about that movie yet. Really? Until now, huh? Yeah. Oh, you mean this one? Yeah, at World's oh. End. I w- I oh, saw yeah. this at the end in theaters because mm-hmm. re- that's one of those script, scripts I read, and so I was like, I oh yeah, I want to see like compared yeah. to the movie. <laughs> but I love this movie. It was so funny, mm-hmm. uh, and of course, it's science fiction. It has a science fiction aspect to it. But uh, the biggest complaint I've heard about it, without sp- I don't, I'm not going to spoil anything, not since you haven't seen it, because I definitely I re- highly recommend you watch this one. Everybody watch this one. Uh, you might not necessarily buy it but I mean it's very very entertaining very, very funny uh, it's got Bilbo Baggins in it for crying out loud and Rosamund Pike who's always beautiful uh, but mm-hmm. um shit I forgot where I was going with it <laughs> what was I talking about I, I just started seeing Rosamund Pike in my brain and was like god she looks good that's a one attractive woman what movie does she look really really Clash of the Titans too she was the well no because I hadn't seen that oh. she was also in uh, was she one of those Jack Reacher movies or something she was in Jack Reacher recently, and um, what else was she in? Uh, she was in Die Another Day. That's where I remember Die Another Day. She played yeah. the ice, whatever. Mm-hmm. The ice Emma shape. Frost. <laughs> Emma Frost. She was Emma Frost. She would have been a better Emma yeah, Frost. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, the movie is great. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Because I read the review of it, like a review of it, uh, a spoiler-free review when it came out, and a lot of people were complaining, or at least the review and the comments I saw, people were complaining about Simon Pegg's character being unlikable. But I liked his like he had he has a he has an arc and he has a he he sticks excuse me he doesn't necessarily have an arc but he has he sticks with who his character is the whole time and he he is kind of an asshole but it's like the lovable asshole I'm right. trying to think of an example but uh, I couldn't think of one fast lovable enough so I'm asshole. not gonna sit here and think but yeah he, that's something I heard about him too it's it I heard it's that part really was good. really funny it's a really just. All the characters are really good, and like I'll be honest, like I like Shaun of the Dead. I don't love it like a lot of people. Are like, oh my god, it's the funniest movie ever! You know, I mean, again, I'm paraphrasing. I mean, but a lot of people yeah. really like that one. Uh, Hot Fuzz, you know, it was funny. I didn't dislike it. I, I really like Paul, which isn't part of their Cornetto trilogy. Uh, Paul was really good and surprising, and you know, in 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 a big way, a par- a science fiction parody almost with all the the end jokes with you know Sigourney Weaver and some of the other stuff going on in that movie, right? But uh, the world's end was extremely enjoyable. I, even my wife, like, she doesn't like laugh at a lot of. I mean, she has a sense of humor. Don't get me wrong, but like for a movie <laughs> to make her laugh, like it's got there's got to be something really. Now I'm not saying she's the judge of if a movie's funny or not, but like she, for her to really enjoy a comedy is very rare, mm-hmm. and she really really enjoyed this movie. Uh, in fact, I might even buy this movie when it comes out just because it was so entertaining and funny. what an endorsement Trey gives it. I will go to Amazon.com and you gotta go awesomepods.com and click on the Amazon link. In fact, I might do that on the way home from my phone because it's just that easy to go to awesomepods.com, click on that little link. Do it on your computer. (laughs) I haven't tested it on phones or anything like that. But yeah, uh, this is one highest possible recommendation. Extremely, extremely funny. Totally enjoyable. And it's got a good, the the story, the science fiction story in it. Of course, if you've seen the trailer, you kind of get a feel of what it is. That story alone could have been a real serious movie and been a good movie, hmm. but then you have the comedic aspect and it and, and also there, of course uh, if you've seen the trailer, there's you obviously know there's some like fight scenes in it. The fight scenes are done like a fucking action movie, like they're done well. It's right. not like in 
I'm not gonna say more because you haven't seen it. <laughs> you gotta see. I'm like, I want to just like say how good it is, like certain things, how good it is, but I don't want to ruin that for you guys. Uh, but again, check it out. It should. I think it, it might still be in theaters, but I mean, it's probably gonna be one of those on video late October, November kind of thing. I imagine because a lot of the summer movies are coming out now. Recent recent movies are coming out uh, pretty quick. So definitely check that one out. Highest possible recommendation. Uh, really, really enjoyable movie. And I don't usually. I know you like to say, Daniel, uh, you'd like to see comedies in a theater, which I agree with that because with the crowd, you get a good crowd that's into it and enjoying it. I wish I would have seen this one in the theater mm. uh, rather than the way I saw it. I'll leave that at that so to avoid <laughs> self uh, incrimination. There you um, go. So, anyway, moving on very quickly. Uh, score wise, Daniel, what would you give Spaceballs? I like. The IMDb score is about what I would give it. Seven? seven? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's good for your scale. Uh, I give it 8.9 uh, on my adjusted scale because, again, this is one growing up with Star Wars and then seven years old and the parody of Star Wars. It's almost... Inter- it's To me, this is the Phantom Menace. This is like the true sequel. <laughs> <laughs> Better than any of the prequels uh, and everything. So, yeah, I really, really... always enjoy this movie. It was one of those for a long period of time where I would, like, quote it incessantly, you know, like Wayne's World was one of those for me too. Like after seeing Wayne's World, like yeah, sure, right, swing, sure. just you know, being an idiot, you know. And that's when you lost young friends. Kid. Yeah, but nah, uh, the dark times I, I call. <laughs> but yeah, this was one of those that was definitely like that. Truly enjoyed it, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast, everybody listening. But uh, don't forget, there's many, many ways to get a hold of us, and there's now many, many podcasts to listen to, including why don't you know this, Jesse's. Uh, pop quiz podcast, which by the time you hear this, really pop quiz. well, they know what it is before they click on it. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I just popped up on the radio without no, people knowing, yeah. Attention, attention. This is a this pop, is quiz. pop quiz. <laughs> How much would that cost for you to Ross Perot basically did it back in the day. <laughs> yeah, that would. Uh, but yeah, it's what, 24 pricey. questions, varying, uh, increasing difficulty. Uh, could be a pop quiz if I replace this episode. With, <laughs> in the middle, just <laughs> randomly pop quiz. It's a pop quiz. <laughs> you will be judged. Cross promo- promotion. There you go. Of the podcast, but yeah, uh, it's a great thing to listen to on a trip. Uh, there should probably be, I guess, maybe around what six episodes up by the time this uh, one. Yeah. You're listening to this. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're great. Like me and Daniel, every time we talk last episode, every time we drive home, we actually listen to one of them and see how good we do, and we're getting better. So getting better. We have making them a little easier. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> and of course, there's Geekly Dose with Tim Bridgewater and Stephen Nose and Telly talking about everything geek. Uh, sh- I'm not sure when they're going to have a new one up. They're trying because, yeah, of course, sporadic. Stephen's in uh, Seattle, so their schedule's not quite as solid, uh, which is totally understandable. But always uh, keep your subscriptions on for that one because one might just randomly pop up and surprise you. Mm-hmm. And there's a Duo Attack, which is Jesse Sidgley, Trey Harris, and Justin Owens, and they talk everything Hero Clicks. And check it out if you can. Good little game, getting a lot popular. Like, really? D- no, but just between y'all, uh, you know. Oh. Well, like hearing y'all talk about it compared to you know a few years ago. Oh some, yeah, well, I didn't play big a few years ago. Yeah. <laughs> in the game lately, so we're more prone to conversate. Yeah. There's also uh, the new, the newest addition to the awesome podcast family, uh, Republic City Report with Tim Bridgewater. It's a little podcast that he does, uh, fan cast. I guess maybe a good way to describe it on on the. Uh, Legend of Korra, the sequel, cartoon series sequel to, uh, was it? Avatar. Was it? Yeah, I knew there was some other name for it. Last I was going to say Last Airbender. Last Airbender. Yeah, Last Airbender. Yeah, yeah so 
Uh, he's very passionate about it. He knows a lot about it. He knows his, he is he is to the legend of Korra what I am to Star Wars. I can't give a better endorsement wow. to that. So yeah. give it a listen if you're a fan of that show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. And yeah. then, of course, there's Jesse's, which we men- we've been mentioning lately, which should be mentioned. Uh, of course, it might not be yeah. interesting if you don't know us, but uh, our friends out there who support us and listen to us, you should listen to it. There you go. But, uh, you know, if you're... Do you know anybody that listens to these? No, I know Andrea. <laughs> yeah. and Daniel's wife. For the most part, it's people we don't know that listen to these, so we yeah, appreciate so, that. Yeah, but I mean, you know, give it a listen. It's it's. Uh, I've learned more about people I know, but also I mentioned before I find some of the conversations just in general. You know, it's cool learning about different people's lives uh, in a real way. I mean, this isn't reality podcasting. I mean, this is yeah. it's two people having a real conversation, which in this day and age, uh, in any form of media, is pretty flipping rare. So. You might even find it refreshing just hearing two people have an honest conversation. Yeah. So no shameless plugs, no advertising. <laughs> Yet. It seeks its way into everything. Right. Tell me about that time your first visit to Amazon.com. Well, it was <laughs> Well, I went day. to awesomebuds.com first. <laughs> yeah, but just uh, to give a kickback to this guy. <laughs> but then also please send us an email if you got any comments, suggestions, hate mail, death threats, eighties revisit at gmail.com. Look us up on Facebook and Twitter at AwesomePods. And if you go to AwesomePods.com, there's also links to both the Facebook and the Twitter. 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 Twitter is coming. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) I hate it when I make myself laugh because that seems so, like, (laughs) asshole-ish. I made myself laugh. (laughs) I'm a comedian. (laughs) I planned that. (laughs) Totally. Uh, But, yeah, and also that's right there by that link to go to Amazon and, you know, free contribution to our show and cost you nothing so don't forget about that and next week everybody it's back by popular demand we begin our Halloween horror coverage for horror movies well let me see where's the calendar at make sure it's gonna be four one two three oh maybe five it's gonna be five there are five Tuesdays in October so I gotta add another film to the mix every Tuesday Hmm. but yeah next week we will kick that off and we'll kick it off in a big way with again one of my favorite horror movies like I'm sorry to sound like a broken record at the end of every episode Mm. but I love a lot of 80s movies that's why we do this podcast but we're gonna start Halloween Horror this week or uh, this month this year with none other than the Joel Schumacher classic Anticipation the Lost Boys. Oh. Mm. Have you ever seen it, Daniel? No, because I know you surprise me sometimes with what you've seen. I haven't touched it. Interesting. With a 39 and a half. Have you seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure? <laughs> a little bit. Okay, well, I was going to say, because that's like one of the other few movies that uh, Ted, I mean, uh, Bill actually played in. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, okay. So, yeah, Alex Winter's his name. But anyway, next week, everybody, we're going to kick that off. It's going to be fun. It was always fun last year. A lot of people uh, sent in some suggestions, too. Uh, on our reviews actually on iTunes about some of the films they'd like to see us do which we'll, we will be doing this year in the uh, Halloween Horror Cover so tune in next week for that until then I remain Trey Harris I'm Daniel Angelo. Jesse Sedgley Cowabunga <laughs>